for me, also being raised, born and raised in a Christian household, you know, the whole idea that you, you don't question what the Bible says or, you know, you go to hell or things like that. For me, pulling away from all of that Christian doctrine that I was indoctrinated into was definitely like it was definitely a big deal for me. Welcome to another episode on Let's Talk About Us with Uche. I am your host, Uche. Um, to everyone who's been supporting since day one, thank you so much for your continued support. I really do appreciate you. If you're new to my uh, pod podcast platform, please make sure to download, subscribe, share with your friends and family. If you are new to my YouTube channel, also make sure to subscribe and uh, also give that thumbs up and hit that bell notification so anytime I upload a video, you'll be the very first to be notified. Um, so today I have um, Ember on the <clears throat> the phone with me, we were supposed to do like a Zoom call interview, but then technical difficulties and uh, Wi-Fi issues, and we decided to record on the phone. Amber is on speaker. <laughs> this is my first time recording someone on speaker on the phone, uh, so hopefully th there are no issues here. Uh, Amber is someone that I met online. I Like I, I mentioned earlier before, I... Uh, I've been wanting to expand my uh, my YouTube podcast, my platform, and you know, to talk to a lot more people on topics that I I find very interesting. And I posted, I put like an ad online on Reddit, and Amber is one of the people that responded. And her story is so profound, so interesting to me. And uh, I reached out to her and I asked her if she is willing to be on this particular episode with me, and she was kind enough to give her time. Thank you so much, Amber, to uh, for doing this with me. I know it's a very busy day for you in uh, LA. Could you please introduce yourself to the viewers and audience? Hi, everyone. I am Amber Rain, R A I N, and um, you know, I chill. <laughs> Nice. Could you explain where you come from, your background, what you do for a living, all of that? And please feel free to not share any personal information you don't feel comfortable sharing, okay? Yeah, sure. Um, I was born in a, a town in Louisiana that used to be a neighborhood of New Orleans, um, which is Metairie. And uh, I was raised in a city called Laplace, Louisiana. And um, where I am now is California. I unfortunately had an abusive parental situation. And so I went to escape that. And now uh, I am a homeless person in, uh, <laughs> in California, which is fun. So at the moment, there isn't anything I do for a living aside from meditate, I guess. And I just... Um, live for now I'm hmm. thinking about job but um, resting for a minute wow I'm sorry to hear about your homeless situation it's really interesting though you know all the way from Louisiana to California how how did you come to decide that oh so I had a friend that I've been talking with since 2020 uh, and I came here just a few months ago um, hmm. and so uh, we initially started talking, which was just after like a massive meditation experience. And I was like, Oh my God, listen to this. This is cool. Like, check this out. 
and they they were like really skeptical but we built like a really strong relationship over time mm. and they were here and they helped me get to a homeless shelter so i can be relatively situated and away from my mom so your mom is the abuser in the family uh well at the time she was the only one who was still living mm. and so she was emotionally abusive like my whole life i guess neglectful and um, she has her own issues but mm-hmm. it got to a point where my own like um uh physical mental situations and she would be not very understanding and she would hit me and and do do things like that and so i just i had to get out of that situation mm. and when my father is a much worse package than her <laughs> really so you just yeah. you just come come from a background of a lot of uh trauma and abuse and all of that that is correct oh wow how old are you i am 22 22 oh my god at such a young age huh interesting actually when i was uh 21 i experienced homelessness in california southern california um i was lucky enough to have you know like i had been living in california for a couple of years then so i was lucky enough to have uh people in the area who took me in took care of me before i shipped out to the military but that's a whole nother conversation i can only imagine being you know new to i'm guessing you've never been to california before this is your first time yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And how are you adjusting? All, everything considered, I know you're in a homeless shelter right now, but so far, what, what, you think it's uh, definitely better than the situation you were in before? Um, I think overall, yes. Mainly because I have it's like I have my own life now, mm. um, and I have a lot of free time to um, just meditate and, and not have to worry about much of anything. Which is kind of what it is like being a monk. You kind of go somewhere and you, of course, you do service and help around, like um, cleaning up the area or whatever, but you mostly just have very little worldly life to worry about. And that's kind of what's the situation right now for me. Um, so overall, it's better, but, um, you know, there are steps everyone wants me to take to get out of the situation but i'm content to just rest for a minute of course of course well i wish you the absolute best of luck in that endeavor okay i know it's a very difficult difficult time especially at such a young age and uh, i do genuinely hope that the universe aligns you know so that you can definitely progress from there okay like yeah. like, like i said I know I, it will. huh i know it will yeah same i believe that it will as well you know everything happens for a reason um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today, you know, I know you, you and I, we've texted and talked on the phone back and back and forth a couple of times is your sense in spirituality. I'm being intentional as possible to not make my, uh, my platform all about spirituality because that's not the only thing I talk about. I, I literally talk about, I, I wouldn't say everything, but not everything. There are a couple of things I try to stay away from intentionally, but, um, mm-hmm. your story, you sent me along almost like a whole dissertation of your background and. <laughs> No, seriously. I, I remember I was. Uh, it was a very busy day. Uh, if you remember, it took me a long time to respond. Uh, but I remember reading each word. It resonated with me so deeply because I felt like I was reading a version of myself. That, like there's so many different things 
that you wrote that I could relate to. Um, you know, especially the age that you're at. I remember exactly where my head was at that age, and you know, California being involved. And um, and are you? What is your ethnicity? Your racial background, by the way. Um, I'm a mixed bag. I have a very tiny amount of Amazonian, and then the rest is scattered European countries like uh, Scotland, um, Italian, uh, Spanish. Okay. German and German or French? I think French though. What is Amazon? Is that like South American? Yeah, that would be uh, South American from the Amazon, the indigenous peoples. Here. Indigenous. Okay, I see. Okay, and you do identify as queer as well, from my understanding. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, so yeah, definitely reading reading your whole story, I felt like I was reading a version of, of myself, you know, like the question that I posed on uh, Reddit was uh, anyone who's been through like a very, I don't remember exactly how I posted, uh, I posed the question, but I remember asking something along the line of if anyone has had any profound spiritual awakening or something like that, uh, I wanted to talk to those people and you responded. Um, and yours was definitely very profound. Could, do you mind talking about that, the, your journey into spirituality and how that has been so far? Yeah. So I guess it kind of starts when I was really young and my dad would be bringing us to church and I really didn't like it. I felt like it was an ingenuine atmosphere and, mm. you know, people were just believing something that they didn't know for sure. And so I wanted to know. I was like... I don't, I, I became an atheist very early on, like middle school. Mm. And I was like, just, I don't want to buy into something that I don't know for sure. But I knew something was up. I was like, this is too weird that I exist for nothing to be going on. And I would focus intently, intensely on just the fact that I am my being. And I was like, my being, my being. And it would go like really blissful. Um, and I only found out much later on that that was a direct experience of the self, mm. capital S self. Mm. Um, and then I would say I was definitely like spiritually minded, definitely aware of the cosmos and just my idea was God was just this whole cosmos. And, um, I was smoking weed, and for me, that was a spiritual experience, and I found LSD. That was a whole thing on its own, but it didn't provide anything stable for me, um, and it gave a false sense of completeness and enlightenment, mm. which I came out of it really suffering, really struggling, really just having suicidal thoughts and everything, and, you know, I was like, I really became humble at that point, because I was like, I found this definition the Buddha gave of enlightenment, which is the end of suffering. And I was like, clearly I'm not enlightened. I'm suffering, suffering, suffering. Mm. So I, I just had a intense, like, self-honesty period. Like, I just stopped lying to myself um, and started to tell the truth to everyone else. Everything that I had been saying that wasn't true, I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to tell everyone what is actually the truth and that you know some friendships ended and um i think it was necessary mm -hmm. in one way and it was like the purging of every negative thing i had ever mm. uh, held on to up until that point 
and I forced myself like into really intense meditation and really, really tried to focus my mind. And I had not, wasn't really aware at the time, but um, later on I got a diagnosis of schizophrenia, which is interesting in its own way. Mm-hmm. But you can tell like the coming from that uh, state of mind, that scatteredness, how difficult it is to focus. And I, I would try to focus on one thing and then half a second I'd be on another thing, half a second on another thing. I just couldn't focus at all. But I forced myself to sit down and I put myself like through rigorous what um, India would call sadhana or spiritual work. And, um, you know, that led to an unfoldment of something that I wasn't quite aware of. Um, and I remember the one major exposure I had to spiritual thoughts, I guess, was the Bhagavad Gita. And I didn't read any commentary because I wanted, you know, just straight from the horse's mouth, what is he saying? Um, and so I, it confirmed there a lot of my thoughts, like, because um, Christian was like, I am the, the sunlight, I'm the taste of water. I was like, yes, that makes sense. You said this is a book that you read? Yes, it's the Bhagavad Gita. It's a, a holy text from India, okay. uh, which is 80 verses long, I think. Um, and it's a, a discourse between a person in Arjuna and Krishna, who is in, uh, an incarnation of the Supreme Being. Um, and then I think I put that down. I kind of just let that wash over me, and I didn't really hold on to it very much, but I became very devotional. And um, at a certain point, I was just like, whatever this enlightenment thing is, I can't force it. Mm. You know, just a few months ago, I was like, I'm either going to kill myself or get enlightened. Like, those are my two options. Mm. Uh, And I think that intensity kind of produced that understanding of I can't make it happen. And a few days later, I was sitting down in meditation, my daily meditation, which I normally would sit for like 45 minutes to an hour uh, under this little oak tree, um, live oak tree, very important. And um, I heard this bird above my head. It was going, call, call, call. And I was like, wait a minute, that sound, it's up there. How does it get in here in my head to Mm. where I can hear it? Mm. So I really paid attention and I just learned about in psychology the, the structure of the ear. So I was like, I took the sound and I followed it as it went through my eardrum mm. to the three bones, to the cochlea, and it winded around. And when it hit the auditory nerve, somehow I was just so relaxed and so focused that I went into uh, basically a nirvikalpa samadhi, mm. which is like the world vanishes, all sense experience vanishes. Um, everything vanishes and it's just void consciousness and that is essentially the reality and then you know things open back up and i open my eyes i had this big smile on my face and <laughs> um i don't know how long i was there but this dog was suddenly barking at me from across the way and i could see the the sound waves traveling in this sphere that was my own being and it was like it was a wave that was made up of meanness there's all this, this consciousness and um, a lot of things got realized in that moment. Stillness, 
vibration, how they're interrelated and connected. Mm. And that has persisted, just pure bliss, pure silence. And from one point, I had to like really force myself to sit down. I could barely, barely do three hours one day. Mm. The very next day, I sat for like seven hours. I was like just so in it. <laughs> mm. Hmm. And, and how long ago was this experience? How long would you say you've been on this path, this journey? Um, I guess my, my genuine search, my genuine, like, I know nothing, I'm going to look for something, started, like, late 2019, like, October 2019. Hmm. And then that experience was April 8th, 2020, which, interestingly, is Hanuman Jayanti, which is Hanuman's birthday. Um, if you don't know Hanuman, that's a, the monkey god in India. Mm. He's not really a monkey, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. You, you've mentioned, you made a whole lot of points, you know, again, reading a lot of that on the other day to day on the app, you know, resonated with me so much. And, uh, I, I was also going to ask, did you read a book? And of, of course you did mention that you did, you did read a book for me. I've always been on this path for such a long time. And one of the books that I read that just brought it home was the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. Are you familiar with it? I am. I haven't read it, but I'm definitely familiar with Eckhart Tolle and his, his teachings. I've seen a lot of lectures by him. Oh my that. God. Eckhart Tolle is a game changer. Like, I read that book, and I have never, ever, ever, ever cried as much. Like, you mentioned the word purge. I used the word purge. Even I think even before I read about Eckhart Tolle, you know, like, I felt like there was so much purging that happened that day. Or continuously yeah. after reading that book, you know, there's so much unlearning, toxic unlearning that you have to undo. Like, you know, a lot of things that you've consumed since you were a child. And on top of that, you have to constantly defend yourself of all of the, I call it noise, that's constantly being bombarded um, today, you know, through media, family, situations, uh, relationships, whatever it is, you know, like you constantly have to keep fighting to, you know, keep navigating the word of complete, utter chaos. Uh, so I was going to ask that, and um, you did also mention the whole drug use, and Eckertoll also mentioned that as well how drugs are there to produce to give you like a false sense of enlightenment you know like a lot of people a lot of people take drugs lsd mushrooms weed whatever it is you know so that they can meditate and be one with god you know they call it the out of body experience you know which you definitely will experience something which is not necessarily like you would have not experienced anything right but like he mentioned, the goal is not is not to have an out of body experience, but to have an in body experience. There has to be harmony in mind, uh, body, and spirit in order for you to be in now, right? But the lies yep. of drugs is like okay, you have to experience God or the, at least that enlightenment without your body being present or without your mind being present, which you will experience that spirituality, but you're not whole. But the issue with that is that you can eventually get addicted and that, that just ruins your reality as a human being, you know, because at the end of the day, you're human. You still have to function as a human, just like, you know, pragmatically as a human in a society made for humans. And with just drugs destroying your life, I guess you will be one with spirit, but then you'll also be perishing in the now, if that makes sense. So it's really interesting that you mentioned that a lot of people get caught up in that line. Uh, Fortunately, I see a lot of people who still do. 
you know, they want to smoke weed because to them that is the way, the only way for them. I can understand if like a, if it's a one time thing, you know, like hit it and then I've been there, done that, move on. But like yeah. constantly going back to subscribe to that because you feel like that is the only way to be one with God. It is. It's a false sense of you know, like it's it's a false sense of being. Yeah, does that I make think sense? one person put it well when he said, you know, one thing that does happen with especially powerful things like uh, LSD and mushrooms is you lose your sense of identity, mm. uh, the ego death, but it doesn't give you the tools to maintain that experience without the drugs. Exactly. And um, that's what sober awakening does. It, it, you go through a preparation process where things are purged and then boom, you understand. Um and it leaves you broken and desperate for more because you tasted something that felt so good, but then you feel so dependent on it. So you have to keep going back in order yeah. for you to feel like that. Whereas if you have an in-body experience, you can conjure that at any time while being your complete self and mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. So um, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was going to ask, you know, so for me, maybe I'm just reaching. I feel like a lot of times when people begin these paths of enlightenment or at least seeking for more, there's usually some type of traumatic experience that they're coming from or leaving behind or something like that. And I could definitely speak from my own behalf. Yes, as a child, I've always been very inquisitive, you know, always in my head, very curious minded. I ask all kinds of questions, Chad. That's, that's the type of person I am, you know, like. I've been accused of having an interview dates. I ask personal questions. I want to absorb as much information as possible, right? But for me, also being raised, born and raised in a Christian household, you know, the whole idea that you, you don't question what the Bible says or, you know, you go to hell or things like that. For me, pulling away from all of that Christian doctrine that I was indoctrinated into was definitely like, it was definitely a big deal for me. And I feel like a lot of people, just like me, who came from conservative Christian households or, you know, religious households, especially immigrant ones, you know, where you don't really have a sense of, of being, a sense of autonomy. I feel like in order for you to have that kind of courage for you to unplug from that, to walk away, to go look for your own path, it has to have come from a place of intense suffering and pain and trauma. I can definitely relate to that for sure. And some of the people that I've talked to ever since I've been on this path for years definitely confirm that to a certain extent. Would you say the same thing is applicable to you? And if yes, what is the past that triggered you know, this whole path of asking the questions of what's more, what's out there for me? Um, I, for the, the whole, whole thing, I can't necessarily say because there's, I think some aspects of it, which um, will definitely seem illogical, but um, I think the the main thing that triggered like my intense like wanting to figure it out was just suffering. I was suffering so much. I just I needed to I needed it to end. Mm. Um, and I at that time I didn't fully understand the extent of the cause of suffering and uh, all the pain that was trapped inside of me which got released incrementally and sometimes in explosions uh after the the realization i guess and um uh yeah it was mainly just just 
I was in so much pain. I was like, I want this to end somehow. And enlightenment is supposed to bring that. And mm. so I needed it. You know, I needed it. There was no other way for me. I needed it. And I think that kind of intensity is a main uh, reason a lot of people seek it and, and find it. And I think um, having it be like a, a side project mm. won't necessarily get you there. It's kind of like, oh, like I'm meditating and whatever. I want to be free from suffering, but who cares? Mm. Like that, like you may not figure it out. But if you're like, I need this, then you're much closer, I think. Yeah, so it's really, it's really interesting that you said suffering and pain. Uh, because Edgar Toll talked about this as well, that um, the closer, the more pain and suffering a person experiences, uh, the closer they are to enlightenment. I never thought about that until he mentioned it. And I, I, I sat down and thought about it and thought and thought and thought. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so true. Like the more you suffer, the more pain you feel. It's more so now, what are you going to do about this pain? Are you going to keep pretending that this pain does not are you going to keep pretending that this pain does not exist or are you going to do something about this pain? Right. But I feel like in order for that type of pain though, to consume you, it has to be excruciating. Like, like, you know, paralyzing type of pain. It can be lukewarm. If if that makes sense. It's sort of like, there's a difference. There's a difference between, you know, touching something kind of warm versus touching something boiling. You know, like when you touch something that is boiling or direct fire, you don't need your you don't need your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your pre, your priest. You don't need anyone to tell you that, dude. Take your hand off that thing. You do it before you even your brain processes it. You know what I mean? So I, I came to think of suffering, especially a great deal of suffering from that angle. You know, so this is now why sometimes, like when I see people who are suffering. I'm like, yeah, you're not suffering yet. Because if you truly, truly are suffering, right, you would do something about it. I know I know that sounds so cliche and insensitive, but this is how I feel when I see certain type of people in certain types of situations. Does that make sense? It because, does. because you always have a choice. You always have an option. Even if that option is surrendering and let it making peace with what is. This is the situation I'm in right now. It is messed up. I am not happy with the situation. But it is what it is, so I'm going to lean into it. No more fighting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, for, for me, I could definitely speak for myself. For me, that suffering was so intense and so painful and so deep, you know. Um, being born in a, and raised in a society and, and household where I never felt like I fit in, you know, constantly being told that I wasn't good enough and things like that. And growing up in a society that told me that I wasn't good enough and, you know, just perpetuating my own pain and misery over and over and it was just building up you know sort of like lactic acid building up when you're working out you know uh and i can go on and on and on about what my pain was and how it builds up over time what is that pain for you or suffering what was the cause and source of your suffering that was so bad that you just had to take your hand off that fire and if if it's too personal of a question please do not answer okay well, I guess I'm in a mood right now where nothing's too personal. Um, but it was, I guess, a, a definite combination of things. Some of it was um, stuff I dissociated from 
um, and some of it was like more recent, like uh, the psychosis that I had, that experience was just beyond, like, it was so, so scary. It was like a, you know, like when you have a nightmare, it's just like the worst thing. Imagine that, but in your waking, you're, you're awake and you're can't get out of it. You're in a nightmare. And so that was one thing. And, um, the main thing I think that contributed to this vast well within me of, of darkness and, and trauma was being molested and, and sexually assaulted by my father from the time I was a baby until the time I was four. And I didn't know I had dissociated from that um, until like a year after my awakening when I smelled crack, somebody smoking crack, and it triggered the memory because that's what he smelled like when he would be doing what he was doing. And that combined with just my my parents being dysfunctional and my dad being a drug addict, alcoholic. He was abused when he was a child sexually and had so much trauma of his own that he wasn't willing to face and that whole influence and that way they were constantly fighting. I would just run in my room and cry. And um, and I think also being trans in general, mm. growing up, you know, I think the, the trauma of, of being raised in a way that doesn't fit what you are mm. is, is traumatic in itself. It's like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, you're being forced into one thing and you know it doesn't fit mm. and you can't talk about it no one talks about it and you don't even realize what's going on until way after the fact and then you're like wow i've lost my entire childhood because everyone forced me to act and be and play this role and that wasn't me um mm. and you know not receiving the love that a child should get not receiving the attention that a child should get, all of that, and um, yeah, it definitely like was an avalanche of, of shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow! Thank you so much for sharing and you know being so vulnerable and honest, especially on camera. I mean, wow, wow. I'm sure a lot of people can relate all throughout the world, even people who are not watching or listening right now. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of that. Um, a lot of some of the things that you said, I could definitely relate um, on a personal level. So, whew, Jesus, that's a lot. Um, in spite of all of that, I do want to ask, not to sound insensitive at all, um, do you feel peace? Like, yeah, I, I mean, one of my main things that I, I talk about lately is just like, there are so, there's a, a major way, so many ways, but a major way you can just sit and be stoned and drunk with no substance and just be so happy. And, mm. and that just continues like 90% of my day. Mm. Very happy. <laughs> But, but I was also going from the angle of with every single thing, messed up thing that happened to you growing up, um, of course, that you didn't choose, you know, from your father, from your mother, all of that messed up stuff. 
Do you feel peace in the sense that it was meant to be specifically for you? Um. I mean, objectively, it's still wrong. Don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. But, like, do you feel like this was part of your fate? As in, it was given to you because it is understandable that you can handle it. Yeah, I think it was it was definitely given to me. Uh, I think mostly to to benefit others to mm. to like you can go through this and come out like mm. really really good um, if you just uh, strive, I guess, and and um, work towards understanding what you are mm. and understanding what this what this life is all about. Yeah, the reason why I was asking is because I believe that I remember one of my uh, group sessions that I, I'm in, one of the groups that I, I, I'm in with uh, some some of my buddies. Someone mentioned something along the lines of, and I quote, whatever happened to us as children is not our fault, but it is our responsibility to heal from them. Um, and because it is not our fault, it means that we didn't choose anything that happened to us as children those things just happen to us without us asking for them, without us exerting energy. Like, we didn't go out there looking for these messed up things to happen to us. Um, and as a result, being on this path of spirituality, like, 10 years ago, I'm not trying to hear this, right? But today, knowing what I know, I believe that anything messed up to you that you didn't exert energy doing or asking for was meant to be, as in it's part of your fate. Don't fight it. It is meant to yeah. be. It's more so now, what are you going to do about this? Because to whom much is given, much is expected. Even this much being given, including something that is objectively negative, like God, if you believe in God or the universe or whatever it is that you believe, Ra, whatever it is you believe, right, allowed you to experience this in human form because it was meant to be. There is a bigger picture to this experience, you right now as a human being may not necessarily see the bigger picture as of yet. Maybe if you're even lucky and introspective and even enlightened enough, you will be able to see a bigger picture than you do right now before you die, before you exit this earth. But the point still remains that it was meant to be. And the sooner you recognize that, make peace with that, and harness energy, strength, and power from that pain and turn into gain, the better for not just you as the individual you've been called on into this world to be, but for the world at large who needs to benefit from your pain turned into gain. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and the reason why I had to give a disclaimer before is because um, for people who are, who are not on that path of journey, that journey or path of spirituality as you and I are, they may find that offensive, you know, like, what are you trying to say that yeah. I, I, it's my faith that I was molested or whatever it is, you know, that could be quite traumatic. Like, is it is a trigger for someone, you know, who is still going through that pain, attached to that pain? And it's quite understandable. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's very understandable. But the yeah. point is, yeah, yeah, yeah. what is done is done. It is time to heal. Do you have anything to add to that? I know I spoke a lot, <laughs> but I feel like you you understand, especially reading everything that you sent me, um, you understand what, exactly what I'm saying. And hopefully someone who's listening also understands the angle that I'm coming from. 
Yeah, I think I, I feel that that the pain itself is just energy, and mm. that energy is like、um, inside of you. And if you, the process of healing is taking that energy and turning it into something better.、Mm. Um, and that's when like something really painful can act as almost like a, a guru's initiation, where they they give you a bunch of Energy, and then it's up to you to like have that blossom, and that pain is is almost like a gift from the universe to to take that energy and transform it into something beautiful.、Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's all about perspectives, and again, I know it's very difficult for somebody who's in the in the heart of that pain、um, to understand exactly what we're talking about. But like Eckerto said, the closer the the, the more pain and suffering you experience. The closer you are to enlightenment,、um, what advice would you give to anyone who is going through a deep sense of pain and and just and and suffering right now? Feel it first and foremost. Feel it, acknowledge it, and、um, allow it to almost run its course. I、mm-hmm. guess. And so, a lot of the times. We we have this memory, like we know it's there, but there's these feelings that are trapped. That we, when the memory comes up, we like, no, I don't want to think of that.、Mm. Emotions get trapped and they build and build and build. So, really taking time to just take that experience and feel what you felt at that time,、mm. and acknowledging that and allowing it to to come out of you is very important. So, so basically, correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying something along the line of make peace with what is, surrender, lean into it, look、yes. at it, observe it, don't fight it. Yeah, a doctor once talked about like dissociation and how people dissociate away from things. And after my、uh, realization, I I came, I said something which he was like, "That's the first time I've ever heard that." And I was like, instead of dissociating away from it. I dissociate into it, which is like I forget about what's happening in the present, and I go back to that time period, and I and I sit there and dissociate away from my present experience and go back to the past to allow that to be fully experienced. When at one time I wanted to run away. Hmm. Interesting. Eckhart Tolle mentioned something along that line as well, because he said, "Be the watcher. Don't fight it." Just, just watch, observe it, look at it. You know, like when you have negative experiences, negative emotions. You know, like when you have those negative thoughts creeping in. Don't fight it. Don't deny it. Don't try to push it away. You know, like even if it's anger or jealousy or you know whatever negative, objectively negative、um, feeling or emotions that you're that's going through your head. When you, once you see it creeping in, observe it, watch it. And it's really interesting how, and I've done it myself. You know. Um, how that negative energy, that negative feeling, dissipates eventually? Because it's sort of like a child who is misbehaving, and your parent is giving you a stern look. You know your parent is watching. They're not saying anything. They're not buying into your mess. But just knowing that there's an adult who has more power over you, watching, the kid just sits down and shuts up. So it's really interesting, you know. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of spiritual people, or gurus call this mindfulness, practicing mindfulness, just but being present in the moment, 
and being as yep. intentional as possible to not let this negative feeling consume you. And if you're, if, if you're spiritually enlightened, you'll even embrace it as part of what is. It is what it is, right? Now, what are you going to do about it? If the negative energy is so profound and you feel that there's a, there's a necessity for you to walk away and there's also a pragmatic or like a realistic opportunity for you to walk away, disassociate yourself physically from the source of that pain, sure, by all means, do that. But in a situation where you cannot help it, like there's literally nothing you can do. Watch it, observe it, make peace with it because it is what it is. It is part of the process. Mm. Right? Yes. Wow. I feel like there's a lot that we can definitely unpack in this topic. <laughs> and for the sake of this particular episode, I don't want to make it too long. We're already yeah. in the 40s, uh, 40 something minutes right now. Um, but thank you so much. Um, what do you think the future is for you? Or are you not worried about that at all? Like if you if you were to say aspirations, things that you you hope to accomplish in the next few months, two, three years. I don't think I'm too worried about it, but um, I do have some some insight into the future, but mm. I don't necessarily want to talk about it. Okay. So so bottom line, you, you feel like you are in a good place and you are yeah. also quite confident that your future will unravel itself to um, uh, to amplify that positivity. Yes. I like that. I like that mentality. Definitely much better than I was when I was going through my homeless crisis. I was reeked with all kinds of anxiety and depression and just not knowing where where I was headed or what I was doing completely clueless but you seem to you seem to be significantly more mature for a 22 year old and I'm genuinely I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that really from one human being to another that's 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 definitely commendable don't you think you. objectively yeah. that is <laughs> well I don't know I bow down to you though Thank you. Well, well, there's a lot of 22-year-olds. There's a lot of 32-year-olds, Chad. There's, you know, (laughs) who don't... I I don't want to throw shade, but you know exactly what I'm saying. You know, life is not about competition, but from what I'm seeing from you, I see a level of maturity, uh, calmness, and positivity radiating, even though we're just talking to the phone. I, I definitely see a lot of that. Well, thank you for your perceptions. Thank you, Amber. Thank you so much. Do you have any last words before we exit for this particular episode? Hmm. Find out what you are. Hmm. That's it. Find out what you are. Do you mind elaborating a little bit longer? Like, what is that what you are? And how do you find out what you are for anyone who is going through that? You know, because we're trying to make sure that this doesn't sound as cliche as possible to someone who doesn't understand it. Okay. So that comes from basically one of the main questions that that triggered my uh, seeking, which was what the heck am I? Mm. I exist. What does that even mean? Mm. So basically just, you know, focus on your sense of being. And um, that would be my recommendation for a meditation practice. Focus on just, your sense of being and basically sit with yourself Mm. and and release 
identification, like like claiming and labeling of what you are, and uh, see what's actually here. <laughs> when when nothing, mm. when you're not attached to anything or any identity, see what's here, mm. and that's what I would say. Well, thank you so much. I definitely can relate to that advice. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Um, This is the end of today's episode. Ember, do you have any social media handles that you'd like uh, people to reach out to you through? If you don't have any, that's also okay. Um, If people want to talk, they can. I have Twitter, uh, which is skate, like skateboard, underscore trans, like T-R-A-N-S. Skate trans. Um, that's my Twitter. If you want to talk, skate underscore trans on Twitter. Definitely, we'll put um, the handle on the screen. Uh, and for anyone who is interested in following me on social media, please find me on Instagram at uc underscore images. Facebook is Let's Talk with Uche, um, and my email address is Let's Talk with Uche at gmail.com. Um, Like I said, always, uh, please make sure to download, share with your friends and family, subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, also subscribe. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Please share your thoughts and and comments on your emotional, um, not emotional, but your spiritual journey, spiritual enlightenment, spiritual awakening, whatsoever. If you have any comments, concerns, or even criticism, please, I want to read it all. Send me an email also. Thank you so much for your continued support. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.